Beloved in Jesus Christ our Lord, I could not imagine a God who was only concerned about punishing and enslaving. I could not imagine a God only concerned about squashing me under His thumb. I could not imagine a God who spent all His time tallying up everything I did, hoping I could get to that magic mark that I could put Him to hell forever. I could not imagine a God in any other way than the way Jesus portrays God the Father in our parable today. Because a God who is damning, a God who is trying to look to punish you at every possible turn, sets you up for a life of no hope, of no joy, of no peace, of no future. There has been volumes of books written about this parable. Innumerable homilies have been given about the prodigal son, about the older brother, about the father. But I cannot imagine anything other than focusing on the love of the father. Last Sunday, we reflected on the Pharisee and the publican, and we can see some parallels between that parable and our parable today, can't we? We hear in the story of today's parable of the younger son who went and squant, took the money from his dad, asked for his inheritance before he was even dead, went off to an unknown place, squandered it, but realized what he had done and to the depths that he had lowered himself and made a change. And when he made his confession, he made no excuses. He just said, I have sinned against heaven and against you. Much like the publican last Sunday, knowing what he had done, what he had done to his fellow people, came to the conclusion, there's nothing more that I can say except God be merciful to me, a sinner. In our parable today, we have the older brother who is always there with the dad. When he sees this brother of his coming back and hears that the father is throwing this great banquet and even killed a fattened calf for him, the son became indignant. I won't step foot in the house. And the father came out to him not crossing his arms and say, you're disavowed now, no inheritance for you, older son. No, he went out. And the older son says, I have been with doing all these things for you. I've never disobeyed your commandments. And look, this son of yours comes back after having squandering everything, and you're throwing a party for him. Last Sunday, the Pharisees was saying, I've done all these things, I've kept all these commandments, I do this, I do that, and do the other thing, but I'm not like him.
But this Sunday, Jesus shows us something of the Father. Something that we, human beings, have a hard time dealing with. Because we like everything in perfect black and white. You're outside the line, you're damned. Don't have anything to do with you. But God is saying, no, I love the one who's outside the line too, and I wait for his return. I couldn't imagine if one of my two boys came up to, to me and says, Dad, give me a share of my inheritance. I'm going off. I'm not going to tell you where it goes. It doesn't matter. I'm just leaving. I'm running away. I feel bad for them because I spent their inheritance in the seminary, so they get nothing. <laughs> I just feel bad, but that's the way it is. But when, they would, when one of them would leave, I could see myself just as the father in the parable. I'd be on the porch of the, the building of my house, and I'd be watching him going down this road, looking at the back of his head, my heart broken for his leaving and wanting him to return. And I imagine the father in the parable every morning when he got up and went outside to go do his work, he looked down that road. Will this be the morning I will see the face of my son? And he goes out into the field and he works throughout the day and he comes back and before he goes in, the last thing he would do, the last thing I would do is look down that road. Will this be the night I will see my son's face? And how many times throughout the day would he be working over and working with his servants, standing up to stretch his back and looking down longingly at that road? Is that him? But when I would see my son return, I would forget about everything that happened and I would run down and embrace him. Kiss him all over his face. Hug him. I too would want to put the finest thing I had on him. I would want to give him the ring, restore him back to the family. Give him shoes that he's not just a servant. You're part of me. But did you see what he did with the oldest son who came, was indignant that his brother was restored everything perfect? Even got a fatted calf slaughtered to eat. The father came out and was very patient with him as well. You have always been with me. Everything I have is you. We work as one. So we need to celebrate. That the brother of yours was lost, has been found and returned. We do notice something in this parable that when the, the younger son, the prodigal, goes off, the father doesn't go off and start yelling at him down the path, cursing him all the way. He lets him go. He's probably said everything he needed to say, just like I would. But when it's all said and done, I can't impact your will. God doesn't work that way. He's not going to force you. That is ultimate love. He lets him go. And that son has to go and hit rock bottom. But nothing happens. Nothing happens until that son 
turns and makes a change. Changes his direction and goes back. And in the moment he turns and goes back, the father is already running to him. Already kissing him. Already embracing him. Already restoring him to the state he was. I could not imagine a God who is only interested in punishment. Three black strikes and you're out. Our God's mercy is infinite. But we are held accountable for our actions. And we have to make the choice exercising the free will we have been given to recognize Ooh, I'm in the wrong direction. I am in the wrong place. This isn't working. I have no peace. I'm starving for love. And then you make your turn. And in our own sinful life, in our own passions, when we really say, that's it, I've hit the bottom and I am going no further. I refuse to do it. I know where I can go. When you make that turn, the Father's already there with you. He's already walking back to the house with you. He's already killed the fatted calf for you. The lamb is there, slain, ready to eat. We have a God who is so merciful that you and I most of the time can't appreciate it. Because we expect to be hammered. Some reason we've got this in our mind that our God is always hammering. Laws are important. Laws keep us in the, in, the, in the yard. But laws aren't a, the basis for motivation. Fear is not a basis for motivation for a relationship. Love is. You can know where the boundaries are, but we're not going to grow spiritually in our life unless we're motivated not by law, but by love. Love is what propels the Father to send His Son for you and I who were lost. Love is what propelled the Son to allow Himself to be spit upon, to be ridiculed, to be murdered, and to die, to be laid in the dirt, the very dirt He created with His Word. And it was love that rose for all of us. We end up judging ourselves. Our own actions determine our course. God doesn't have to do any of that. We live a sinful life. We're going to naturally incline to a downward spiral that's going to bring about our own damnation. We do it to ourselves. God doesn't send us there. We choose it. Jesus takes this parable and turns our understanding of what the understanding of the people of the day of who God is. Because in the days of old, they only understood God as a God, this powerful God that will judge and smite. Yes, He's good to us, but then they find out, well, when we don't do things right, He allows us to be overthrown. Why is that? 
Isn't He our God? This isn't a God of love and mercy. This is a God of judgment and punishment, they're thinking. But the reality is they do it all to themselves. God gave them a way of life. They gave him himself, He gave him, them Himself to follow. You do this, and I will allow you're going to prosper. And you're going to be working and living in a united front. Working as a one with the same vision. And all the enemies around you, all the other nations are going to see that when an army works as one, when a people work with the same vision, evenly yoked, you're invincible. But what happens is, and what happened then was, they started following other gods, other nations as gods. They started losing their focus. They did no longer become evenly yoked. They started to fracture. The enemies then could see they're no longer united. They're breaking apart. And they would attack the Chaldeans and the Assyrians and the Babylonians. God didn't have to do anything. They did it to themselves. That God hasn't changed. He's allowing them to act within their free will. That's the ultimate love He did when He created us. I'm going to give you a part of who I am, your free will. Exercise it carefully. You will determine whether you're going to go into heaven or hell. I will show you what to do, the direction you go, if you want to live with me in joy and peace and love. And I'll show you next Sunday what will happen if you don't. We make the choice. And like the Father, we could see the Father, our God, can feel, because He was in the flesh, He was a human being, can feel loss. Remember when He was teaching about the bread of life and people left Him? And He turns to Peter, are you going to leave me too? That's a God who knows how it feels to lose, to have someone that you loved walk away from you. So when Jesus tells us this parable, He can tell us as God what God feels. And Jesus, though, did not run after them. Wait, 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 I changed my mind. No, 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 you misunderstood. He let them go. Just like He will do with us. But He's always there looking down the road for our return which requires us to recognize that we have fallen in the wrong path, the wrong direction, and to make a turn. Just one step, just turning the head is enough to get Him moving, to bring His mercy upon us, to lavish us with His love. Our God is love. And that love is expressed in His mercy and in His forgiveness for all our sins. And He seeks to deepen our relationship with us by us recognizing that our sins are the one things that are keeping us from deepening our relationship with Him. But when we make that turn, just that turn, the life, our lives begin to change. But when we make that churn, 
that turn and head back. Let us be careful not to be like the older brother and feel like we can start judging everybody else. We need to be like the Father. We need to be people of love. Yes, I give thanks to God that He is not one who is all about punishment and enslavement. I give thanks to God that He is not a God that's looking forward to seeing just how quickly He can punish me for my slightest mistake. I give thanks to the God that our Lord Jesus Christ has told us about in our parable today, a Father who loves us unconditionally and seeks our return with our whole hearts. This kind of love can motivate us. Motivate us desiring to have a closer relationship with Him, with each other, and experience that love in a deeper level. Laws are important, but love is more important. Love is what motivates. Love is what completes. Love is what makes us whole. This motivation of love. You see the saints, uh, I take St. Maximilian and Colby. Love was not what motivated him to take the place of someone else that was going to die of starvation. Love, not law. Love motivated him. Love motivates a parent to put themselves in front of in harm's way to protect their child. Not law. Love is more powerful than anything. We need more examples of love in our life. We need better witnesses of love in our homes, love in our workplace, love among family and friends. Love is a heroic action. It's not selfish. It's not self-serving. It's giving of yourself completely for the other. Did not Christ give himself completely out of love for us? And we're called to do the same. This world, as that, I don't know what group saying it, but uh, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. Boy, that's true words. But not just human love. Human love that has, we need human love that has come in contact and been enmeshed in the divine love. Because we don't know how to love what we should. But it's only when we come in contact and immerse ourselves in God's love. Now, we can affect a change in ourselves. We can affect our change in our neighbor. We can affect a change in the world. So share that love of God. Why it's important for you to come. And if you say, I come here because the church says I have to, then you need to really do some soul searching and praying. Is that really the motivation? For married couples, is it a motivation because I felt like I had to? Is that, a, is that love going to foster? No. Love that wants to give itself to the other. Now that's going to grow. And that's what we're called to do.
Be icons of love to those around us. So let us look for married couples. Let us look for men and women who really exhibit signs of love and sacrificial giving. Let them be our models. Because it seems like we have no models anymore. Discord runs everywhere. You know, I talked about an army. If, if they're all united and if they're all listening to their commander and everyone's working with the same intention, the same goal, evenly go, they're invincible. But when it begins to fracture, everyone's trying to do their own thing, it's going to fall apart. And the same as in a marriage, the same as in a family. Man, if we're not all evenly yoked, we're in big trouble. Even in the church. We need to be evenly yoked in the yoke of love. The yoke of Christ. That's what's required of us. Required if we want salvation. If we want peace. If we want peace. So let us love. Let us pray about what is love. Let's read the scriptures and look for love in the scriptures. Let's read the lives of the saints and hear how they talk about this love. Let us be men and women of love. And then love is not meant to be kept for ourselves, but love is meant to be given, to be shared to others. So share your love for God with others. And open your hearts up to receive more of his divine love.